Hello and welcome to the second episode of Sometimes Heroes. My name is James and I'll be your Game Master. Let's introduce our players. Hello there, I'm Eric. We'll be playing the Barbarian Sten. I'm Morgan, playing Grey Fox, the Half-Elf Rogue. I am Mark and I will be playing Gij, the human, I guess he's a fighter, fighter, shield bearer. Hello, my name's Molly and I will be playing Eden, who is a human sorcerer. And today we'll be picking up right after our heroes have left the tavern, and they will be heading out to the town to their respective abodes. Grey Fox, are you following Gish and Sten? I'm kind of tailing them, yeah. Since Grey Fox is following Gish and Sten, he will not be going first. Do we have a preference of who goes first between the uh, bros and Eden? <laughs> How about we go first? That works for me. Gij and Sten both are walking down into steadily more ramshackle and oddly constructed buildings with only the barest semblance of streets and alleyways. Huddled figures tuck themselves in every corner and semblance of shelter. This is the Flea Narrows, the slums of this fair city. As you're walking, you see more and more half-humans and goblins and full-blooded elves. There is just a crushing sense of poverty here. Then hears something like whimpering and dogs yipping. Usually you hear nothing. Okay. This is unusual for, for me to hear, I assume. The whimpering is not terribly unusual, and the dogs yipping is not terribly unusual. But after the events of this evening and the declaration <laughs> on edge. a bunch of grisly animal killings, it might be something that piques your interest. Indeed. Can I use perception to sort of sort out if it's normal or abnormal? Sure. Roll, roll it up. 13. Gij, you see Sten stop and look around with a very focused look. Mm -hmm. Then you can hear that it is coming from down a very narrow alleyway with just a small pile of refuge and you can see inside that refuge the bodies of several goblins curled together oh my that's where the and this is where the dogs noises were coming from as well it's coming from further down further unfortunately down, okay. the pile of bodies is kind of normal they're probably just sleeping ah i see i see well i heard some i hear some dogs down that alley not completely unusual around here, but I'm a little on edge after tonight, I say to Gage. Isn't that normal here? Yeah, something about it seems a little off, but maybe you're right. There's uh, some, some bodies in there. They might just be sleeping. We have the crate, right? We have the crate with the rat in it? We do. Um, will this crate even fit in that alley? This alley goes from about 10 feet wide to about 2 feet wide at the very end, as the buildings are not built straight on. Okay. Do you mind staying here with the crate? I, I'm probably being paranoid, but I just want to take a look. I ignored the sound of rats before and look what happened. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to take a quick look. All right. So I'll, I'm going to dip into the alley a little bit, look at, see the bodies, see if they're just sleeping. Shout, shout if you need me. Oh, well, I will. Trust me. Okay. I'll just hop up on the crate and sit on it as, as he goes to investigate. Okay. As Gage sits down on a you know medium-sized crate that they've been carrying between them, Sten advances into the alleyway. What are you doing? Uh, primarily just slowly approaching the bodies, just to, well, be hopefully very living bodies. Just in my mind, I'm being a little paranoid right now, and I'm being cautious, but not insanely so. I also just want to get close enough to the bodies to hopefully see one of them breathing. You do, in fact, see that it is a small family of goblins with three children and a father and mother. You can only tell the genders because of the affectations of the clothes they wear. All goblins seem to look like greenish-gray children with wide heads. Indeed. 
Stay awake. The sound continues to emanate from the end of the alleyway. Are these are the goblins awake? Do they notice me? Roll a perception check. Okay. Got a fifteen. You can see that one of the children and the father are both looking at you through squinted eyes. It's difficult to see because of how dark it is. Right. I want to whisper to them. I speak goblin, so I'll I'll speak to them in their presumably their tongue, hopefully, and ask, "Is everything all right? Have you seen anything strange?" Just you. Fair enough. Fair enough. They twitch and press the children further into the pile of trash. <laughs> okay, I can tell I'm scaring them. I'm going to back out of the alley, write this off to me being a little paranoid. Whatever, it's just dogs. Go back to Gage. Okay, so you guys continue to your abode? I tell Gage. I think the gobbler, everyone's alive. I think I, you hear those dogs, right? Nope. I don't. Should I roll a check to see if I actually do or? Roll perception. Okay. Maybe it's magic. I got a 16. The things you hear are specifically a couple arguing a fair distance away in the other direction, but you don't hear any dogs or whimpering. Huh. Is it, for me, is it I, a fairly, like, how loud is the sound? Just sorry to interrupt, but... It's clear as day. Interesting. It's I as if it's coming from a foot away, but it's clearly not in front of your face, so that you can tell which direction it's coming from, though. So you don't hear dogs right now? I hear a couple arguing. I think they're arguing in common. Do I hear the couple arguing? Yep. I hear dogs very plainly, quite loudly, from that alley. Hmm. Uh, would the dogs be louder than the couple arguing to me? Very much so. They, they are definitely louder than that couple you can hear. Um, I don't know if, you know, my blindfold offers me any ability with this, but I'm just going to go take a peek into that alley and see if I see anything other than the, the goblins which are snoozing. I'm trying not to scare them. I think I unsettled them a bit well, I, I don't go far in what do i see Gish specifically you know that your mask would prevent you from saying things ah right 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 then what i'm going to do is i'm going to glance for a moment back to see if sten is watching me is he watching me i i am watching him indeed i'll say to sten would you mind checking the rat checking the rat you want me to open up this crate well i mean just just see if it maybe see if it knows how to speak yet uh okay Hey, Rat, you, you hear me? You know anything about these voices that I'm hearing? As Sten turns away, do what you're going to do. Now that I know that Sten isn't looking, I'm going to take off my mask for a moment and see if I can see a little easier down the alley. The alleyway is not easier to see down because now it is very crowded. There are goblins, there are dogs, there are people rushing around. There's no end to the people, but what you can hear is whimpering and dogs yipping and sounds like the tearing of flesh. Ah. Uh. Roll a wisdom save. Okay. 17. You manage to keep your cool and generally not be blown away by all this, and you're able to put your mask back on. Okay. Okay. And I know I can't affect that, right? I mean, because of my wisdom save, I know I can't affect it. No, the wisdom save was simply to not freak out. Okay. I put my mask back on. I turn around to see if Sten noticed that I removed my mask. I say, He's interrogating a rat. Okay. And I say, uh, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't see anything. Huh. Well, that's disturbing. I hear it loud and clear as day. Maybe well, I don't want to be wandering off an alley down the middle of the night, but I guess one mystery is enough to solve for today, but at least should tell the constable. Wow, it just sound crazy. Maybe it's your orc hearing. Maybe, maybe you hear better than I do. This is not subtle hearing. It's, it's plain as day to me down that alley, but... I, I just give a shrug like... Let's, let's keep know. walking and see if I still okay. hear it. All right, then. And uh, I guess we, we're going to mosey further down with the crate. 
As you continue to walk, at some point, then, you will hear a blood-curdling scream from the same direction, and the sound stops. Did you hear that that time? Did I hear it? No. Nope. Uh, nope. I just heard a scream, a horrible scream. You want to run back and check? Uh, We can't just leave this alone. Let's go back. Alrighty. The two of you jog back to the alley. In it, there are some peacefully sleeping goblins, except the father is gone. I was about to ask if I could tell if it was a male or female scream, but I probably could barely tell with the goblins, so... God, I feel half insane going down this alley, but I think we should go down the alley. Let's just tiptoe around those goblins, see if there's something past them. All right. I know I must sound crazy right now, but I hear oh, something. Oh, no, no. If it was any other night, I would ignore it and write this off, but something's going on. You don't sound crazy to me. Don't worry. I appreciate it. Is Geesh staying back with the box as Sten sneaks off down the alley? No, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with him. Hopefully one of us is carrying the crate. If not him, then I am. Okay. As you come down the alley, the two-foot opening at the end, you squeeze through, and there is a small, what might be called a courtyard, if it wasn't only 40 feet across. There is a bunch more refuse. There is a giant puddle in the middle that you can see the male goblin half in with his face in the water. You can see that one of his legs is bloodily torn off. Oh my god. And the water is starting to turn red. Nothing in sight that we can tell did this? Nope. There is a lot of damp ground in it. You can see that there are paw prints, large ones. Great. Stent, uh, take a look at the, the goblin. See if he's like, see if he's like alive or, or if he's just completely, you know, done for. I will step forward. How far away is this goblin? Like, is he just like smack dab in the center there? Pretty much. I'll I'll inch forward. Can I use perception to see if there's anything lurking in the shadows or anything like that? Sure. Roll perception, both of you. Okay. Natural twenty critical perception and you can see there are boot prints then footprints then paw prints then there is a dead goblin the goblin is covered in mauling wounds bites and claw marks great and as he does that i'm starting to get a little uh, uneasy and the reason i told him to do that to check the goblin is because i'm just going to use my thumb to pull my blind my, my mask up to take another look into this, this alleyway It is again extremely crowded. There are people going this way and that. What you see in the center, though, is what seems like a thousand people overlapped, all being murdered in various different ways. Uh... From being beaten to death to being shot with various sorts of arrows. Yeah. The forewarning you got from taking your mask off earlier makes you take this in stride, even though it is horrifying. Yeah. Do you see this here? This, these footprints turn into paw prints. That remind you of anything? This could, is not the only one around here. I quickly pull my mask down as he was turning his head back. I step over to him. I go, oh, this must be another were-creature, like Eden had said. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Should we report it now or just wait till it's... I mean, would, you know, would the guard even care that someone had been hurt in this We're not going to care about that much for goblins, but we should probably let someone know. I don't know what to do with his family. Uh-huh. wonder why he came down here and why they're still soundly over there. Unfortunately, the only person who would really care are the people in the alley behind you. Yeah. Do you want to break it to him, or should I? Oh, God, I guess I will. Okay. Something strange about this whole situation. I don't know what dragged him over here. I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to turn back, go see if the family's still there. I'll, I'll set the crate down at, by the, the end of the alley, and I'm going to continue to stand near the, the dead goblin father, just kind of checking out the area. Sten goes to tell them. Okay, what do you do? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to walk slowly back to the family. Do they still look like they're huddled there together, alive yes. and everything? Realize they're already afraid of me. 
At least Only I the one child is still awake. Okay, I'm going to switch to Moon and Goblin. Uh, could you wake up your mother? The small, grayish-green, white-faced child reaches up and puts his flat hand on the mother's face and shakes it. She blearily looks open with bright yellow eyes and stares over at you with panic and grabs the late weep ones and starts stuffing them into the trash and piling it over them. <laughs> Probably not the worst move right now. She grabs a small stick that seems to be sharpened and waves it at you. I'm going to back away, being as non-threatening as a half-orc can be. I'm sorry, Roll. man. Roll uh, performance. 18. She lowers the stick. Listen, I, I, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I think something's happened to that man you were here with. He's down at the end of the alley. You may not want your kids to see, but it's dangerous here, and you need to hide or find somewhere else to hide or something. She looks at you, squinting, and then I'm assuming you point down the hallway? Yes. She will squint over that way and see Gish standing next to the bloody form of the male goblin. And she will screech in what you know to be a goblin version of a scream, turn around and grab up the three young things and flee down the other direction. Uh, I guess that works. (laughs) I hear the scream and I imagine, you know, she knows what's going on. Since he had already inspected, I'm going to just crouch and take a quick look at poor goblin father who's met his demise. And I'm just going to do a quick perception check. You can see everything that's wrong with him. Are you trying to discern more information? Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's more in this alley that we didn't see it initially. Because he, he investigated the alley, I didn't. Secret. Oh, so he saw everything, okay. You yeah, could I try to discern by a medicine check, like, specifically how he died. All right, I mean, I don't think my medicine's very good, but I'll try that then. Probably something bit him? Yeah, okay, not a very good roll. All right, then I'll, just, I'll pick up the crate and head back to Stan. Uh... I don't mean to alarm you, but I think I just made that goblin think you're a murderer. Fortunately, in this case, the fact that our goblins works in our favor, so I think you're going to be okay, but my bad. I give a shrug and just I'm like, well, that happens. The two of you return to Den's abode. That is the plan. Mm-hmm. On high alert. You walk down the streets, jumping at shadows, but generally not hearing any more ominous sounds. And when you arrive at your apartment, if you can call it that, there is a small goblin wearing what passes for a dress with yellow and black hair who screeches up at you. Why are you home so late? Don't you know there are only murderers out there? We've encountered some things, yes, but it's, it's been a colorful day. This is Rag, your landlady. Listen, Rag, I know, I know I'm out late. Uh... There was an this? incident at a bar, a lot of rats, just, it's been, e- Egan knows about this, he's, he, he's cool with it, we're not up to any trouble, I promise. Oh, as long as Egan did not fire you, good. No, no, he was with me for part of the time, he, he knows what's up, don't worry, I can still pay. Who is this? I, I take this as a, as a chance, she's speaking goblin, right? Yes. So I'll, I'll take this as a chance to let Sten realize that I also know how to speak Goblin. And I greet her and say, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Gij. I'm one of the people that helped Sten uh, with the altercation that he was mentioning. Oh, good to meet you. I am Rag. I am Sten's landlady. Good. He make more friends human. Yeah. And I just give her like I'm trying. a smile. Now go. Go sleep. I must lock door. <laughs> Thank you, Rag. That's the plan. She takes out a little broom from behind the entrance to the door and starts, you know, beating you on the backside, but it barely feels like anything. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to walk in our door. It's very, very ghetto. I mean, I don't, I mean, to some extent, the uh, Flea Arrow cosmetics, I suppose, are up to you. But I mean, I'm imagining the only good feature of it is that I am alone in it. Otherwise, it is about as bad as you can get. <laughs> so not a pleasant night to stay for Gage, sorry. 
he slept in worse. You guys have just been broom beat at the door by a very tiny lady with wide set yellow eyes. Rag's harmless. She can be a little overbearing, but she's a good one. I'm I'm surprised a, a goblin could own property even here. You're pretty sure she doesn't actually own the property. She just works it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't think she's the owner, but she's... But yeah, she's in decent standing around here, doing well for a goblin. Uh, where... probably one of the reasons I get along well over here. They're not too picky when it comes to uh, us types. Uh, I'll carry the crate in, and I'll, I'll say, where, where should we put this? Where should I put your, your other guests besides myself? And I, knock uh, I guess crate. just against the wall over here. I, I got this I can put over on top of it just to keep it more secure. I pick up a piece of random wood that's just laying in my apartment. It's not the cleanest place. Do you happen to have a leash, maybe, so we don't have to carry around a crate tomorrow if we are still <laughs> stuck with this? I'm afraid I do not have a leash, no. Maybe we can do not keep of, one handy. Maybe we get a piece of rope from the docks. Yeah, we could get. Yeah, I can get a rope, no problem. All right, where should I situate myself? Not much to speak of. I can get some, some hay from outside if you don't mind sleeping on that. Is that okay with you? Sorry, it's not much. No, no, it's fine. You know, I, I have some stuff in my pack. I, can, uh, I got, I got just, a spare blanket I can give you. I can just bundle up. No, 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 it's cool, it's cool. This will be fine. Geesh has been traveling. He might actually have full adventurer gear, like a bedroll. And oh, get... okay, good. Then I'll, then I'll just pull that out. So I'll, I'll just kind of like sell in on that bedroll. He gets very paranoid when he feels he's in danger and he's going to go to sleep. Without trying to bring too much attention to it, I'm kind of quietly scanning the room because of, you know, what we encountered earlier, looking for like a ways in and out of it. Unless there's a way other than the main door that would, you know, be like the quickest way in. I sort of position myself so I can keep an eye on the door. Can I roll a perception to see if I particularly notice the display of paranoia on his part? Sure. If you're trying to hide it, you should roll a performance, performance yeah. and contested by his perception. Well, I rolled a 10. And you did. You just think he's judging your apartment. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going to make a big issue of that because it's pretty reasonable. I know it's not much. I know it's not much. Sorry. You're lucky it hasn't been raining the last couple days because it leaks. And then I will attempt to settle in and just pull the uh, the very wide brim of my hat down over my eyes and try and get myself into a light sleep. Is there anything else you guys want to do this evening? Probably Before. find some way to secure, just to some way to secure the crate a little better, but I think it's that's enough for one day. Yeah. All right. You guys set a heavy thing on top of the crate and find a somewhat comfortable way to sleep. We move across the city to Eden, just leaving the tavern. Morgan's gotta wait. It's okay. Just wake me up when it's ready. <laughs> Will do. So I imagine even though when the guards approached me and I said, oh, no, I don't need an escort, that they were probably, at least one of them was following not too far behind as I went home. The rotund guardsman follows you at a respectful distance. And whenever you turn around to look at him, he pretends to idle and look the other way and inspect a rock on the ground. I suppose at this point I'd be a little bit annoyed, but at the same time, it does make me feel a little more comfortable to know that there is somebody following close behind, especially after all of the ridiculousness that happened earlier in the day. Yep. As you walk home, the cobblestone streets and buildings become nicer every step you take into Sutter's Walk. Your adrenaline is fading now, leaving you a little tired and perhaps just a little giddy. Your forearm and your calf ache fiercely. And as you're walking, I want you to roll an intelligence save. I rolled a six. 
Eden doesn't notice this happening, but as you're walking down the street, it becomes unnaturally smooth for cobblestone. As you look around, the buildings grow taller and taller. There is suddenly a man next to you walking. He is old and grizzled, wearing a coat, and you feel like he is almost a father to you. He leans over towards your ear, but not in an uncomfortable way. You should have seen yourself today. Thing of beauty chasing down that gutter rat put the fear of God into him, you did. You feel him put his hand on your shoulder, strong and reassuring, and then it is all gone. You are back on the street. He just disappears? Yep, and you are back in Sutter's Walk, walking down the street. Wow, well that's both very encouraging and very unnerving at the same time. Do you stop and try to figure out what happened, or do you just keep walking? No, I think I I think I'm going to definitely try to take a look around to see if I can figure out if he's still around or if he went anywhere because I think at this point I would be very confused. So maybe take a, at the very least take a look around any buildings, any corners to try and see if I see him. Okay, roll a perception check. And it's a 19. You look around fiercely after this sudden and odd occurrence happens. Besides the guardsman behind you stumbling mid-step and pretending to tie his boot, which does not have laces, (laughs) (laughs) everything appears to be normal. The windows in the surrounding merchants' houses are completely dark. You do see a stray cat run across the street, but besides that, all appears to be normal. I think I'm going to go and approach the guard and ask him if he saw what I just saw. So I'm going to run up to him and ask, sorry to bother you, and this may seem like an odd question, but you didn't just happen to see an old man walking closely beside me, talking to me a second ago, did you? He stands up straight the moment you approach and says, oh, I, uh, miss, uh, no, I, no, no, man, you, uh, no, it's nothing, never, nothing. Is everything all right? No, ma'am, not my part to say, not my place. Hmm, well... All right, then, I suppose. All right, so for now, I guess I'm going to turn around and continue walking home. Have a good evening, uh, Lady Thank Eden. you. I you shall well. return to my rounds. Of course. He continues to follow you at a slightly larger distance now. Right. All right. You arrive at the Milan estate. Guardsman at the entrance simply nods and says, Good evening, milady. Good evening. And opens the gate. As you step in, you see the long path down to the mansion. Along the side, you notice a figure sitting in the middle of one of the finely trimmed gardens. What does this figure look like? This figure is a taller athletic woman in her early 20s with dark red hair tied back in a loose ponytail. It's too dark to see, but you know her eyes to be similarly colored auburn. She's wearing an understated gray dress with a yellow sun embroidered on the chest. She is underneath an oil lamp sitting on a bench, and you can see that she is wearing a sword, and this can only be one person. This is your friend from your youth, Avery Galahad. Ah, I see. So I'm going to go up and approach her, greet her, give her a hug. She is squinting fiercely at one of your books in the dim light of the lantern overhead, looks up and says, Eden, you missed dinner. I was afraid I would have to leave without seeing you. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I got tangled up in something unexpected, but it's a really long story. But I'm really happy to see you. What are you doing out here? Oh, just I couldn't handle all the politics inside. She stands and grabs your forearm right where the bite is. 
Ooh, ow, ow, careful, careful. She flinches back and looks down, seeing that you're bleeding. You have to tell me everything. Oh, oh gosh, well, I guess it is you. So Eden will go ahead and recount as much detail as she can from earlier on in the night. When you get to the part where you jumped through a window, he says, Ah, I've always wanted to do that. I know, it felt pretty amazing. And how, but... did, you do, how did you get through without armor? How did you I not don't get know. cut it up? Was, it, was, it was just the adrenaline rush, I guess. I'm actually, I surprised myself, honestly, when I did it. While you're telling the story, she rolls up your sleeve and you can see that there's kind of a nasty human bite mark with excessively large incisor wounds. She puts her hand over it. You feel momentarily like you are in the sunlight of a very warm noon and your wounds close. You should probably mend your clothes before your parents notice. You are exactly right. And wow, thank you. No problem. You want to head inside? Yeah, that's probably best. Very well. Let's, uh, let's go. You both walk through the garden. Her prying into this gray fox fellow you mentioned. He appears to recognize the name. As you get inside, roll perception. And I rolled a six. You are engrossed in your conversation and walk into the nice den. In there, you find four people sitting. Your parents, Abladon and Nero. Your father, the master of health, is an older man in his late 50s with short brown hair and a neatly trimmed beard. He has a slight limp, but continues to deny that he would be better off with a cane. Your mother is a half-elf with prominent pointed ears and a sharp chin, but a relatively wide nose, upon which a pair of round spectacles rest. Across from them sit the Lord and Lady Sutcliffe. The Lord Terence, a dour, hard-faced man, thinks Scrooge, as he is also the master of coin in the city, and his wife, Talpia, an older and still beautiful woman who never fails to show it off. She is heavily invested in keeping up with the latest fashions, as you can tell. They are all looking at the entrance as you both step into the room. Why evening, home everyone. so late? Uh, oh, sorry about that. It's a bit of a long story. Just you can say I made some new friends when I stopped by the Skyward Vine earlier this evening. And I, uh, let's just say I lost track of time. Lord Terence looks to your father and says, you ought to have her escorted into the town. It's not safe. Your father responds, she has powers. She can defend herself. Thank you, Father. I mean, really, I, I'm fine. I, I really don't think I need an escort. I know you're just looking out for me, but I can take care of myself, really. Your father stands and walks towards you. You can see a sword hanging from his hip. He reaches out and grabs your arm gently and says, I do worry about you, though. If you can take Avery to the other sitting room, we have politics to discuss. Is everything all right? Oh, it's nothing pertinent. It's just Master of Health business. Eden keeps staring at the sword that he's carrying, and she asks, are, are you sure that there's nothing that I need to be concerned with, kind of noticeably eyeing the weapon? He looks down and he says, oh, oh, this. It's merely a gift from Terence. He feels that the city is becoming dangerous and gave this to me. I, I was just, just trying it on, you know. And he pulls it out a little bit. He is merely showing you the fine make of the blade. You can see that it is silvered. And what would that indicate exactly? That silver has been added to the weapon. To the blade or to the hilt or? To the blade. Okay. 
Well, if you say so, but I don't know. Something, something doesn't feel right. We've got everything under control. There's merely a small outbreak of disease in the Lean Arrows. All right, well, I suppose I'll leave the four of you to... Avery and I will get out of your way. Please apologize to her. I know things have been terribly boring for her and... Oh, of course, of course. Sorry, Avery. They all smile politely at you until you leave. Good night, everyone. As the door closes, Avery grabs your arm and starts leading you back towards the most private area of the house. Leans in close and says, what was that all about? I haven't seen your father with a sword since you were a child. Neither have I, and it's making me feel very uneasy. And I can't help but wonder if it's connected to all of the chaos that I saw earlier today. Something's not right. She looks a little pensive, but then grins at you. Puts her hand to her own sword and says, Sword and magic, you and me, we can fight anything. <laughs> I'm glad that you're optimistic. I gotta admit that even though a lot of what happened today was pretty frightening, it was quite the adrenaline rush. I haven't felt that giddy in a while. Well, hopefully you find these friends again and get back into it. I do want to see them again. I don't know if I want to get too used to all of this, but uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens. I'm way past curfew. I need to get back to the temple. Oh, okay. Well, you know it's always wonderful to see you. And you. I'm glad you came before I fell asleep from boredom. Anyway. <laughs> Me too, and I'm sorry you had to, to deal with that while I was away. No worries. Have a good night. You too, Avery. She actively jogs out of the building, awaking some servants who come out and look as she passes. Do you do anything else this evening before going to bed? I don't know if Eden would get a whole lot of sleep, but... Before Eden goes to bed, I imagine that she would do some light journaling about her adventures earlier in the day and would try to take a closer look at the sheet music, the compositions that she got a hold of earlier in the day to try to figure out what in the world kind of music she's looking at. All right, roll an arcana for that, okay? Now that you have books and other materials to compare it to. All right, and I rolled a five. You don't get a lot out of it tonight, but you do realize that you might perhaps ask some professionals on the morrow. Excellent. We cut across the town again, our good friend Gray Fox. You are standing leaning against the wall of a small alleyway in the Flea Narrows, watching Den and Gij walk into a terrible goblin apartment. Uh-huh. Looks like they're turning in for the night. I, um, pretty much... Just wanted to make sure that there was nothing else happening with them and, you know, especially with uh, Gage. So if it seems like they're turning in for the night, then uh, Gray Fox is also going to call it a night too. You saw some weird stuff, but you head back to your little apartment. What is it built on top of? A store? Yeah, like a kind of cluster of stores and stuff. Cluster of storefronts? I'm assuming yeah. you have to climb to get into it? Precisely. Cool. You head up to your apartment, and you find that your door is slightly ajar, and the lock is broken. Can I roll perspective to see what is going on? You can roll and investigate to see what happened. Okay. Because you can definitely see that the door is ajar and the lock is broken. Wow. <laughs> I rolled a one. As you go to look closer, you touch the door and it creaks inwards loudly. You can hear someone move in the house. A nice leather chair that you had moved into this little loft creaks a little bit. Quit lurking around, Fox. Would I be expecting anybody to be living in my area? Nope. 
Alright, well, Grey Fox just says, Alright, I'm here. Who are you? You don't recognize my voice? Sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fox, you come in here right now and sit down. Roll a wisdom save. Yeah, dang it. <laughs> um, I roll a 16. You take one step forward before realizing what you're doing, and then stop, realizing that you were being compelled. Or it was an 18. I don't know if that changes anything. Nope. You managed to resist the words of power, but you know that that's not the only thing she has behind. Gotcha. So, so, so I haven't been forced to come over there and sit down? Nope. You have control of your body. Sweet. I, um, I, uh, can I run away? <laughs> you can, but these people own this town. Yeah. No, you know what? Gary Fox is going to keep his cool since he's been able to keep his cool so far. So he's going to say, yeah, yeah, that doesn't work with me. What do you want, Chiara? Just to talk. All right. We'll, we'll then talk without all the extra. Let's well, just talk I like would. I just want to talk like a civilized person, just not through a door. Well, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. Just checking the mail first. <laughs> <laughs> Do you make some noise pretending that you have mail? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, Roll so Great Fox kind of comes in. Okay, all right. Oh, God. Okay, all right. All right. I, uh, I rolled an 18. You step in after making some rustling noises with some spare paper you have in your pocket. Step into the room and stuff it into a desk and walk over. Tiara looks up at you. Long-haired, blonde, lithe figure, completely flat in most ways, but heavily muscled. She has sort of a long face and wears dark leathers, a obscenely fancy coat and wide-brimmed hat with a feather in it. She is lounging in your nice chair, the one that you think in, and says, you know, you should handle that on your own time. When I enter my, my abode, it is my time. What can I do for you? Well, I was wondering exactly what you saw today. You did oh. follow the masked man. Yeah, followed him. He's not really, he, he's not really up to anything. I, you know, he hasn't really let onto what he's doing here in the city. He kind of got into this big fight with all these rats in, in some tavern, but, you know, I can't really get a beat on, on what he's trying to do here, what his motives are. I'm going to see him tomorrow, so I don't know. I'll let you know if there's anything up, but so far it's a big nothing. Well, it's good to hear that you're enthusiastic about this job, because I was here to ask you just that to keep following him until we know exactly why he's here. She <laughs> smiles at you while she's talking, but you've learned that that doesn't necessarily mean you're in a good place. She just told me she's glad I'm enthusiastic about my work. Yep. I, I kind of do a t tiny bow and say, I do what I can. If there is nothing else that we need to discuss, I'd very much like to rest. I expect you're very tired and want to get to bed. But she leans, looks up at the ceiling, and reaches her hand over to a small table next to the chair that has a cup of fine golden liquid. You can see the bottle of your finest rum sitting next to it. She clearly opened it herself. And she takes a sip, puts it back down. I have a warning from my brother. He thinks you're drawing too much attention to us. I heard about your job stealing from the Sutcliffe. The Lord knows it was you, and if you do more of any of that, you'll draw too much attention to us, and they will definitely crack down. We can't afford that. So don't make me come back. 
you know, I, I got what I needed from the Sutcliffe, so yeah, I don't really see the need to go pay him another visit. Well, that's good to hear. She leans over and picks up the bottle of your fine rum, stuffs it in her coat, and walks out the door. Wait, so as she's leaving, can I use my awesome pickpocket skills to, to steal that rum back? <laughs> you can certainly try. It's going to involve yes. a sort of feint. You have to make body contact with her because you're getting inside her cloak. Mm. Okay, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll yell. Oh, you forgot something. Forgot what? She looks around and puts a hand to her chest where there is a pocket and she puts her hand on her greatsword, which you can see as she sweeps her cloak aside. It has a ram's head on it as the hilt of the sword. A ram's head? Okay. As she's walking out, he's just like, let me, let me get the door for you and puts his hand on her, her back and opens the door. All right. Will, the, will that work? sleight of hand check. Luckily, a 16 beats her passive perception. Nice. You hold the bottle behind your back as she steps out the door. She turns around and looks at you sharply, reaches up to her breast pocket, and pulls out a small pouch and holds it out to you. Don't screw this up. And drops it of in your hand. Of course not, my lady. You close the door, retire into your room. The pouch has not a small amount of money in it. Uh, Ray Fox has an intriguing history, apparently. Indeed. Can't wait to find out more. Certainly the biggest air of mystery about him. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are I talking about. I feel so about. mundane. <laughs> so you all have a pleasant evening, if you could call it that. At least the parts where you're asleep. And we stay with Gray Fox. Gray Fox sleeps throughout the night peacefully, but awakes to the sound of a door being kicked down. So he, he like quickly pulls out his sickle from like under his pillow or something. <laughs> I imagine they're both, you know, delicately placed under his pillow every night so he can come up in fighting stance on his bed. Love oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You stand up, but you very quickly realize that the sound is coming from downstairs. There's some ruckus and you can hear the loud authoritative voices of the law telling your landlord to stand down. Does he have enough time to like gear up? Certainly. You could have slept in your clothes if you want. Yeah, so he kind of like throws his cloak on real quick. He's got his sickles kind of, you know, at the ready. He's the, the noise come from downstairs, correct? Yep. So he's going to sort of creep, like over, look over like the balcony of where he's living to see if you can kind of inspect. Can I like use perception to find anything? Sure. Actually roll a stealth check. Okay, interesting. I rolled a 20. Nice. As you pad across the room and open your broken door, clearly kicked in by your visitor last night, you step out onto the roof into the cold mist, which apparently rolled in overnight, and you're able to peek over the edge of the roof. You can see below two guards standing, and right as you're doing it, you hear some sort of glass shattering in front of the storefront of your landlord and friend, Corin Theb. The sign reads, Theb's Poultice and Remedies. So they're just standing there for now, right? They are standing outside, but you can clearly see that there is at least one person inside making a ruckus, in not including Beb himself. How well built is this this structure that Rome could be? Would there possibly be some sort of alternate way into this building that Gray Fox would know about? You can certainly get down without alerting these people. You can go to the other side of the building and climb down. Yeah, I'd want to do that. Like climb down the the opposite end of the building and, and see if there's a way I can sneak in through a window or something. Sneak into Feb's store? Yes. You can get down from your room. There is a attic hatch. Nice, nice. So it's kind of like a little trap door into the store below. Yep. 
Great, great. So uh, yeah, Gray Fox is going to kind of just poke his head through there and see if he can see what's going on, what the all, what all the noise is about. As you look through the door, you can see below you, not the general room, but the back room of Feb's store. It's full of poultices and herbs and all sorts of unknowable things to Gray Fox. There's also a table that has a deep auburn stains of blood on it. You recognize this as his surgeon's table. Through the wall, you can hear a man saying, Henceforth your store is closed. You are to sell no more elven artifacts. They'll not be tolerated here. And you can hear Feb responding, You can't close me down. I don't sell anything illegal. The conversation continues in that vein. So, at this point, Gray Fox pops back into his loft area, and he goes and grabs his rum, and then uh, jumps back down into the actual store. Okay. And uh, he's gonna... <laughs> He's gonna try to convince these these men to leave. So I, I want him to. Uh, so Gray Fox basically says, "What's going on here? What's all this?" As you step down into the building proper and start to walk around the corner, you hear the gruff voice say, "Just handle this," and stomp out the door. You turn the corner and see a lovely red-haired woman in half plate holding the sleeve of Corin Theb. He is a man with long black hair. He presents as elven as he possibly could be, but you know his genealogy is mixed. Part of the reason why he lets you stay here. She looks over at you. What are you doing here? Are you part of this? Is <laughs> Grace Fox supposed to know who this person is? Roll a intelligence save. All right, one second. You rolled a 12. This is a paladin of Halor. Her name is Avery. You've definitely been caught pickpocketing in front of her before, and she brought you in. Well, <laughs> I'll say I have no idea what's going on here. Just trying to keep the peace. Keep the peace? You're a ruffian. What kind of peace are you going to keep? You can't always judge a book by its cover. All right, all right. Then why are you fraternizing with this man? He's been charged with treason. I'm not fraternizing. I just happened to live in the area, and I heard a noise. Roll a persuasion check, because that's not technically a lie, unless you want it to be a lie. It's not a lie, but I would, I would say I, I want to know what this man has done. Okay. Roll that check, man. Oh my god. <laughs> not good. <laughs> oh, this is bad. She will shove Feb back against the wall where he thumps and looks at you with a sort of appreciation, and she stomps over to you in a way you've only seen scorned women step at you, and she puts her hand down to her sword says, I don't know why you're here or how you got in, but I assume you were stealing something. If there wasn't anything else bigger going on, I would squash you. Now leave. At this point in time, it's probably a good idea that I leave. But, you know, I'll, I'll say, I, I, we're, all, we're, all, we're all good here. Uh, Gray Fox will say, um, here, uh, you know, ha have this rum. <laughs> he offers it to her. <laughs> Smooth, man. <laughs> Roll a dexterity save. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Alright, okay, here we go. Oh no. Not as bad as last time. I rolled a five. You very nearly pull the bottle out of the way before her sword strikes it, and it shatters, spilling all sorts of precious liquid on the ground. Oh. Her sword is now pointed at your chest, and your hands are up because you attempted to yoink the bottle out of the way, and you're holding just the stem now. There goes that beautiful bottle of rum. She says, I'll not be party to any of your trickery. And here I was, just trying to be a nice guy. Alright, well, you, you guys have a, a good time with eating up an innocent young man who hasn't been charged of anything. She turns her sword still on you and looks at Feb. Have we beaten you? 
Feb looks back at her and to you and then to her again and shakes his head slowly side to side in a very quiet voice says, you, you did break some of my, some of my product. So you destroyed stopped. this man's product? You can see several broken bottles on the ground with various colored liquids. I, I know how that feels. And I look at the spilled rum. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sad. So may, may I ask what this man has been charged for exactly? You tried to ask that a second ago and failed. It doesn't look like she's going to do it now. Fair enough. Yeah, in that case, then Gray Fox is going to just walk out the outside of the door past the, uh, past the, the guard that's standing outside. They look at you and draw their weapons, but then immediately resheathe them as they look past you and see Avery waving you past. So the question is, are you going to try to catch up to catch up um, to yeah. At this point, I want to know, because this is Gray Fox's friend. You know, he doesn't have many of those, so he's, he's keen on figuring out what's going on. So his best bet is sort of see if he can get his, you know, these new acquaintances to, to you know, sort the situation out. So he's going to try to catch up with them, I guess. Okay, uh, plus are you going to do that in a... St are you going to follow them, or are you going to be like, hey, what's up? No, he needs he needs help in you know getting behind you know his his friend is getting accused of treason, so he's gotta he's gotta try to see if he can get him out, get him free. All right, so you jog off that direction, and we cut to Yij and Sten okay. waking in the morning with mist pouring through the slats in your wood, and you look over towards the crate. It is still closed with a heavy piece of wood on top. Well, that's I... good. So we we notice this mist rolling in. Yep, it's yeah. normal. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I thought this was some sort of mystical mist. Okay. Well, that's nice then. So, package still secure. Excellent. Well, you said that the, the, the wood is still on top of it. You didn't actually say that the rat is still inside, as far as we know. I did not. Um, Catching me in my crafty DM speak. Yes, yes. In that case, <laughs> I think I'm going to get up and attempt to uh, kind of knock on the side of it. You in there? You hear a scurry, 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 and then nothing. That's about what I was expecting. Okay, I think we're good on this front. Speaking oh. of which, it has a couple air holes because uh, your boss informed you that you need to make them. Oh, yeah. Good thinking, boss. I, I was about <laughs> I to think say, in retrospect. I was about to say I was going to use my knife, but I guess he would have died if I had not done that already. Yep. I mean, the rat could have asked. We've been asking him questions the whole time. Honestly, he's very rude. Totally would have been his fault if he suffocated. Um, exactly. I'm going to try and take a peek in the hole and see if he still looks like he did before or if he's become something worse. Okay. When you look through, it's really hard to see because it's not bright outside and it's completely dark inside. But as you bring up a candle to the hole, you can see the rat tucked into the corner. It is, if anything, a little bit smaller than it was before. Oh, huh, okay. Interesting. Wait a second here. Um, could I make perhaps a wisdom roll here to see if I start questioning whether there's been a bit of a switch played on us here? Sure. I'm, I, I just kind of, I'm not sure my character would really have thought had this thought, but actually, roll an investigation check, both of you. That okay. works. I need to get better investigation. I rolled a 17. My reasoning here is the uh, you got advantage turned on, Mark. Oh, yeah. Sorry. To do normal. I feel like it's been long enough that the rat has been completely non-communicative that it's sort of suspicious. Gish is a little suspicious that the rat is smaller now. And then to check, you guys open up the crate ready to deal with whatever comes out. And the rat simply cowers in the corner, heightening your suspicions. Gish will take out a silver piece and hold it up to you. Then we'll take the silver piece put it down, and touch the rat, which sizzles, screeches, and runs around again. Oh. 
and in fact changes a little bit in size. In which direction? A little bit bigger. Okay. All right. Mystery solved. Well, this is, this is still, still the rat. Yeah. It's All right. First. Feeling feel a little bad. It is continuing to grow. Okay. Maybe cover it up. Cover it up. Okay. <laughs> you guys slam the crate shut. When you look through the hole, it appears to have stopped growing. Oh, weird. Yeah, we really need to talk with the magic girl, Eden. We need. We really got to talk to Eden because she knows a lot more about this stuff. Yeah, I think prodding with silver is about as far as we're going to get. Unless you want to start talking. I knock on the thing a little bit. Weak. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I need to check in with your boss or... Yes, let me go. Let me go talk to him. Uh, you can come with. I'll just yeah. tell him this. This the the city watch wants our help. I'm sure he'll he'll excuse me for the day. Is there like a smaller box that we can put this guy in? That's that's in Sten's living space. This box is not as huge as your. Oh, it's not it okay. Is. Okay, cool. It can right. be carried carried by one of you. Imagine basically the size of a like small generator with two little rope handles on the side, but it's just okay. a wooden crate. Okay, cool. You're trying to find the size of something, and you went with small generator. Help me out. Somebody give me something better, because I... Is it... Uh... I don't know, but I like it. It works for me. I initially said two bread boxes, because I wanted to be initially. That would have big. been excellent. I was hoping you would say bread box. I like generator. It works. It works. All right. So um, anyway, you, you two exit the building, and immediately outside is Gray Fox. No, fancy meeting you here. Wait, can I request to appear like Batman <laughs> from nowhere? How, how Batman do you appear? Just like they they walk out and they don't see anyone, but like I'm there by the wall, like they didn't even like notice me. They look left, nobody's there. They look right, nobody's there. They look back left, you're there. Yeah. All right, real stealth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Yes. God, I hope this critically fails. Me too. Actually, can you roll that one for me? Yeah, all right. Gray Fox is very bad day. No good, very bad day. <laughs> you guys look to the left, and right as you're looking away, you see someone dart out of an alleyway and start <laughs> running towards you. But then as you look back, he tries to recover into a convincing jaunty walk. Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. What's up, guys? How did, uh, you, how did you know where we were? It's my business <laughs> to know where you are. I know is where everyone now? is. Okay, fair enough. Uh-huh. Listen, something big's going on, going down right now. Yeah, we know. There's a magic rat. No, 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 no. Enough of your magic rat nonsense. My friend's getting accused of treason. Okay. And he's a decent dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I suppose you just helped me out with a false accusation, potential false accusation yesterday, so that sounds like something I'd like to help with. But yeah, I... we do have the magic rat, which is, you know, fairly important, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know quite what's going on, but I mean, Orc, you know how people are in this place. If you're a little bit different, you're getting accused of something or other. Well, he's a, he's a, uh, an alchemist, an elf alchemist, and it's not doing him any favors. I understand that. I certainly want to help. I just hope uh, an orc with a magic rat can help. I'll help in any way you need. I chime in and I say, I don't think we can be much help. I mean, he's an orc and I mean, you're probably suspicious that you're on your own. I don't have the greatest relationship with the guards. Anyone would be really helpful, be Eden. Yeah, and she's the one we need for the magic rat too right now. So I think we need to find her right away. Is, is your friend in mortal danger? He's been accused of treason. It probably means he's not long for this world. I'm 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 gonna say something, but I'm not sure if this, uh, do they don't they don't like execute people for that or uh, immediately after that sort of accusation, do they? Generally, you wouldn't get accused and then summarily executed the same day. No. 
Okay, then I'll say, yeah, I, uh, from what time I've spent around the guards, people aren't usually, you know, executed for that. I mean, he might be imprisoned, but I don't think he'd be executed. Not right well, away, at least. Well, how much time do we do we have before his punishment is uh, enforced? Somebody roll history. All right. These guys are asking for legal knowledge. Oh, I rolled a one. <laughs> Technically a two, thankfully. Yeah. Otherwise, that would have been hilarious. You don't oh, have any, any convincing false information. Mine is the best with a 10. I rolled a great. three. We really need to find Eden. <laughs> both, both Gray Fox and Geesh look at each other and shrug. But <laughs> then, having had some brush-ups with the law, nods and says, they'll at least, you know, have a trial. That takes some time, right? All right, let's find this magic uh, user. She'll know some more. Okay, so you guys start heading out of the Flea Narrows? Yeah. As you guys are walking that direction, you pass this very same alley that you encountered the last night. Mm. Looking it down at it, it looks a little bit more comforting in the light and mist, but you can see down the alleyway, the body still sits there in the water. I just kind of frown and continue walking. Keep going? Yeah. All right. I mean, is, is Sting going to do anything? No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing here. As you guys approach the, the unofficial edge of the Flea Narrows, you see that there is a small crowd peeking out from around the corner. Quite a few goblins, humans, and half-elves, and at least one full-blooded elf, are standing, looking disconcerted and murmuring to each other. You can't quite see what they're looking at. Can I maybe try to step a little closer without looking too conspicuous and see what it is? One, maybe one of you would be better at that. <laughs> Come to think of it. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll nudge Gage and be like, hey, you want to take a closer look at what the guys are looking at? Yeah, I mean, are you carrying the rat or am I carrying the rat? I'll carry the rat. Okay, so I had the rat mm -hmm. up to you, and I just stroll on over and roll perception? No, you don't have to roll perception. You're just okay. sort of exposing yourself. Just kind of peek into the crowd and see what's up. You can see that there is a gaggle of guards at the end of the road, where the road turns into a proper road at the edge of the Flea Narrows. They are inspecting people. Hmm. Uh, I'll ask someone in the crowd, like, what's going on? Who do you ask? There's every sort of person here except Rich. <laughs> is there a dwarf there? Yeah, at least one or two. Yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask a dwarf in, in, in Dwarvish what's going on. He doesn't answer you or respond at all for a second, but then you see his eyes look over. You're talking to me? Yeah. Oh, you think... I'm sorry, I, I don't speak Dwarfish. Oh, then I apologize, and I ask the question again in common. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, seems like they're taking some stuff, asking some questions. Not sure if I want to go through... suppose I could get some work done in the Narrows today. Hmm. You're human. You can probably get through without them even looking at you. Right, right. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Um, and then I'm going to look. So uh, so I, I guess I was kind of on the edge of the crowd. How far am I from uh, Fox and Sten? Uh, like 20 feet. They're just around the corner from the checkpoint. Okay. So all the, all the guards, are, there, are they human from what I can they see? They are human, yes. And this, this crowd that they're checking, how human are they? Are they they're not, you said they weren't, it was like half elves and various other types. It's probably about 50% human, 30% you're not sure if they're half elf or human. Okay. And then the rest are goblins and full-blooded elves. Well, I tell you what. Or dwarves um, or halflings. I'll I'll just ask a human because you know humans are taller than, than a dwarf, and I'll ask uh, I'll just find um I don't know, the first human I see say it, and I'll ask him what's what's going on what's what's happening. A young woman in a baker's apron who looks like she's getting ready for work is impatient about the line. Turns to you as you come up to her. What? What's what's this line all about? What's going on? I don't know. It's all about making me late to work. That's what it's about. Uh, where's your bakery at? Waver Street. Okay, Waver Street, Waver Street. All right, thanks. So I'm just I'm just gonna leave. 
this crowd okay. and head back to the group. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess there's they're checking people for some reason. No one seems to really know. I'm not too keen uh -huh. to go and put myself, you know, in front of a guard. So we got checkpoints in the city, some half-elf being arrested for nothing, and magic rats all in one day. This city is not this exciting normally. Well, you know what? I think we probably could try our luck if we want to go through the checkpoint. With the checkpoint? You think yeah. I'm going to get through that checkpoint without a problem? Well, we are on, you know, by the, the commander's, uh, Commander Kite Stabler's word to, to do an investigation. I don't think they're going to stop us. That's a good point. Yes, we're on official duty. You've also got somebody who knows the back streets like nobody else, you know, trying to talk your way through, or you could try to sneak around. I'll, I'll glance over at Fox and I'll say, do you feel comfortable going through a checkpoint? Because if not, you could probably take us through a back street. Gray Fox just looks at the checkpoint situation going down and he's just like, eh, there's an easier way. Let's okay. Let's go this way instead. Uh, I feel like I'm quickly becoming an outlaw, and I don't like that very much. But okay, probably safest. All right, Gray Fox doesn't even have to roll for this. You're able to find a back alley street with a cellar that goes to the next building beyond the checkpoint. Step into it and step out on the other side unnoticed. And voila! Shall we uh, move on? I believe we shall. Gish, Sten, and Gray Fox find themselves in front of Egan's warehouse. As Sten opens the door, you hear Egan's voice, deep and gruff, yelling from above, Sten! Sten, is that, is that you? Uh, yeah, boss, it's me. Sorry to bother you. City Watch is asking me to help out, investigate some of the stuff that went on yesterday at that inn. Sounds like you volunteered, but that's fine. I don't have much use for you today. Didn't seem like a, something I should turn down, frankly. Uh, oh, no, I agree. I'll try to be quick about it, but I think I need to take the day off if that's going to be okay. I know we're not you too busy right now. You see him lean over a railing of basically the second floor of this warehouse, his stout dwarf form sort of teetering over the edge. Can you, real quick, just deliver that two piers down? He points down to a box full of food. Uh, sure, yeah, sure, I can do that. No problem. Righty. You and your, uh, your strong friends can help you, and I'll toss a couple silver their way. Much appreciated, boss. He does Night a little, like, two-finger salute and then goes back to his office. Hopefully so, no one has any objections. Shouldn't take too long. Get my boss out of our hair for the day. The three of you the three of you push this cart down the docks. It is a little rough pushing this cart because it is very heavy and the docks are not well made. They're very janky. Boards are sticking up at random places. And there are places where people have fallen through and it has not been repaired. You find yourself in front of a broken down dock that stretches out into the ocean. You can see where the dock simply just broke off at some point and they stopped using it. <laughs> there is a ship moored there with a sun symbol with only five outstretched flames. It is amber. The name of the ship is Goblin. It's called the Gibraltar. And as you wheel up the crates, there is a bored looking hobgoblin who nods at Sten. Thank you. You're and he very hands welcome. off a pile of silver. I nodded him. Thank you. Where are you headed? Well, I mean, we're going to the climbing. Was the Skyward Vine or Climbing Vine? Skyward, Skyward Vine. Right? Vine. We're going to the Skyward Vine because it's where we said we'd meet Eden. Yep. And yeah, so we'll just keep going that way. Okay. And we're going to cut over to Eden. Hello. Eden awakes to the curtains being drawn aside with very little sunlight coming through them, but it does get noticeably brighter. Your maidservant stands above you, her name Alana Ash. She's a stern-looking elf with red hair tied back in a severe bun. Time to get up. 
I'm going to pull the covers back over my head. You can hear her walking around the edge of your bed, and she sticks her hand underneath the sheets near your feet, grabs one of your feet, and it's ice cold. Ah! Okay, I'm up, I'm up. Sorry, jeez. That's right, you're up. Come down to breakfast. Okay, just give me 15 minutes. I will give you five minutes. Get dressed. Thanks, and don't look so happy, by the way. I never do. She smiles a little bit as she leaves the room. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get dressed, put on something comfortable enough to to do some walking in, and then head downstairs for breakfast. You have, you know, a wonderful breakfast with poached fish and eggs on the side, but you notice your parents are suspiciously absent from the table. Alana simply stands on the side of the room, like always. It's just the two of us? Yep. Alana, do you know where my parents are by any chance? The Lord Father left for work sometime during the night to the keep. Your mother, well, I wasn't supposed to tell you, but she's in the workshop, and I believe she needs your help. Okay, well, certainly can't say no to that. She holds her finger to her lips. Great, so if I'm not supposed to know, then, Alana, what am I supposed to say when I go to the workshop? Am I just supposed to stumble in? What's a personal effect of yours? I have a lot of books, a journal, some jewelry, a dagger. She'll say, don't worry, I've left your favorite necklace in there. Oh, how convenient. Thank you. Eden is just going to quickly scarf down a handful of food and head over towards the workshop. You step through the winding halls of the manor into a room with a completely solid stone floor along with wooden benches and tools lining the walls. On the floor, you can see there is what appears to be a spell circle of unending complexity with a tiny spot, too small for one to stand in the middle. You see Nero, your mother, kneeling on the edge. She's wearing leather knee pads she usually uses to garden, and she presses her spectacles back up as she consults a tome on the ground, idly tracing the air in front of her with a stub of chalk. Mother, am I interrupting something? Oh, you weren't supposed to- oh, oh bother. Uh, I'm a little lost. Uh, can you help? Um, sure. I just came in here because I think I left one of my necklaces in here. I didn't mean to interrupt, I'm sorry, but do you need me to do something? When you look at the book she is reading, it is one of the books from your college days, and it is about enchanting objects. She puffs out her cheeks and then says, I, hmm, the, the world is a dangerous place, and I feel like I should make something for you to protect you, but I'm not as well brushed up as I thought I was. It's been a long time since I was at school. What were you going to try to enchant? She reaches over to a table, shuffling along her knees to the wall, and picks up a small white nub about the size of a silver dollar, and rolls it in her fingers. It should be a charm to protect you. I see. Miss Ash has been helping me with it. I didn't realize that Alana was so adept at magic. She's not adept at arcane magic, but she does remember the old ways. The ones the elves use. I see. Where does my help come in? Roll an arcana check to see if you can comprehend all the mess she's made on the floor. I rolled a 13. You can tell that she's done a pretty solid job of what looks like an enchanting circle, but when you look around to where the ingredients should be, you see a ruby of unusual size and a couple other arcane ingredients that must cost a lot. Your family may be wealthy, but this is something to press even their funds. 
Besides that, you can see that several of the sigils that would normally be placed there are replaced with some more fluid natural symbols. Would I be able to tell the significance of that? Only what she told you before, that it's probably some mixture of arcane and natural magic. Okay. Well, I do know a little bit about arcane magic, but even what you've drawn here looks a little bit different. It's not completely familiar to me. Well, I didn't expect it to be completely familiar, but I have a couple of spaces, she points to a couple of blank spaces, that I'm not sure what to put in because I want it to protect you, but I don't know from what. And I don't want to put something like poison in there and in case I mess it up and it turns into a charm that poisons you. I, I was wondering if you might be able to point me in a direction. Oh gosh, well, <laughs> you know, I don't really... There aren't too many dangers out there that are all that frightening. Is there anything I should be worried about? This seems a little bit odd. Well, your father last night, he was speaking of a small outbreak of disease in the Narrows. I think he might be underestimating it slightly, or at least understating it for you. I know he means well, but he's... Ah, he's a stupid man sometimes. <laughs> I see. Well, if there is an outbreak of disease, hmm, maybe James would asking the spell to protect against things like bites and scratches to be too specific? Physical protection would be what you would go for. Okay. Well, I would say that physical protection probably couldn't hurt. Okay. Roll an arcana check to try to recall those symbols. It's a 12. And that's enough. You state out some symbols for your mother and draw them in together. And at some point, she slaps her forehead really hard and says, Ah, this needs to be in the center. And she holds up what you now can recognize is a kneecap. Can, can you put that in the center? I know you can move things. Well, sure. Um, I'll certainly give it a go. All right, so you use Mage Hand Mage to hand. lift the object into the center and set it gently. Excellent. I don't suppose you have time today. This this ritual should only take about six hours? What? Well, it. I mean, Alana could help, but I, you know, we don't spend that much time together. Uh, are you sure? I kind of oh, have don't worry, a someplace don't worry, don't I'm worry. supposed to be. Alana will help me. You go out. Just be safe. Okay. Are you absolutely sure? Positive. We can do this. Alana's very smart. Why do you think we hired her? <laughs> Good point. Oh, thank you so much, Mother. Have fun. I'll certainly try. Be safe. Ta-ta. All right, so you leave and get all your stuff and pack up. Where are you headed? To the Skyward Vine. Okay, excellent. Thank heavens. I was worried for a second there. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, you know, pick a direction and just start walking. All right, Kidding. so... Throughout the early morning, you all arrive at the Skyward Vine. First, the uh, three Broskis, and then Eden. You arrive relatively at the same time, because convenience. As you look around the room, you see that there is a tarp over one of the booths, a new rug on the floor where the burn used to be. <laughs> that doesn't look too bad, all things the waitress, considered. <laughs> the waitress Denise sits you all at a booth, and before long... A dwarf who very much resembles the original patron, but much younger, with a blonde beard, comes forward. Welcome! Welcome to the Skyward Vine! I'm Halsifren, Brewer, and you can call me Hal, or Brewer if you like. We're renovating, and I'm taking over from my uncle as he has taken ill. What can I get for you? I'll take a new bottle of rum. <laughs> I like your style, young man. Uh, just whatever ale you have for me. Definitely. 
And for the blindfolded fellow? Oh, uh, water. He frowns a little bit and then goes, and for the lovely young lady? I'll have a cold beer. Cold? I can do that. Very well. I'll be that back. And he steps away. I don't think he knows who we are. And I think hey, I'll make that the finest rum you've got. <laughs> you've you, got it. You've ten, you intend to pay for that, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ruin our reputation with this new guy immediately, too. Oh, well, seems to be going around. You all sit at this table with a small crate in the center of it, or on the side if you don't want it to be on the table. Yeah, the table seems appropriate. That's what we're talking about, presumably. Oh, so gosh. Here's the rat, still in there. We touched it with silver this morning. Bill Burns. Every once in a while, you can see a little rat nose pop out and wiggle its whiskers and sniff at you. There it is. Wait, those, is, this, those the is this rat covered up? It's in a covered box. You can just, it's, he's just okay, saying, okay. Poke, see, poking through the slats or whatever. I kind of want to take a look, but I'm scared that he may try to escape. How has he been acting throughout the night? Well, so he was acting very, we looked in there earlier and he was just kind of walking around like a rat, didn't try to escape or anything. We did burn him a little at that point with silver and he started getting a little bigger. He was growing and then we, then we closed it up because that was scary. Uh, Wait, he started to get bigger? He started to get a little bigger, yeah, a little bit. He's also smaller when we looked in this morning, which is why we were thinking maybe it wasn't the same rat, but, but then it burned with the silver. So I think it's the same rat, but then it got bigger and then we closed it up. So I, I don't know. Opening it right now might not be safe. He's not talking. Hasn't really been doing much of anything. It's squeaking. I mean, if we could get a light in there, you could probably peek through the hole and take a look at him. But we'd probably have to take off the lid to put a, you know, get the light in there. Uh, well, actually, hang on just a second. I may be able to get some light in there without having to open the lid. I'm going to cast light and try to take a look through one of the cracks in the box. You can actually cast light inside the box. Oh, snap. The inside of the box is illuminated and you can see the rat clearly. Oh, that's handy. Which uh, immediately how... scurries away from the light, but then calms the heck down. How, how can, like, conspicuous are we being with this rat? Like, Gray Fox is kind of looking around thinking, we just brought a rat back to the place that got infested with rats. Basically, to someone who's not immediately looking at the box, or from very close, just sees a big box with a couple little holes in it, sitting on a table surrounded by people. Okay, alright. That's suspicious, but it doesn't immediately scream, we've got a rat in this box. Gotcha. Speaking of which, Hal shows up with a tray and sets down a glass with a bottle that's opened with a little bit poured into it of very nice rum, a cold beer, a regular ale, and a clay cup with some water on it. Thank you. Good man. Thank you, sir. Very good. And he steps away again. I take a long drink. Chug, 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 chug. (laughs) Is there something that I can roll to check to see how good this rum is? Uh, Yes. Intelligence or investigation. Investigation. Okay, I'm, I'm doing that in just a second. I would like to subtly try and sense if there's anything wrong with my water. How does one sense if anything is wrong with their water? Actually, just perception. You can smell and taste yeah. a little bit before you commit. 18. Uh, you're pretty sure this water is water. It's okay. a little tangy, but that's probably just because it's been sitting in a metal basin. Right, right. Okay, cool. I'll drink the water then. So I, I ask Eden, do you have books or more resources that would tell us about people who are cursed to be were animals? Hold up. Very important. Gray Fox's investigation check reveals that this rum is not great, but it's not terrible. It's probably mid-shelf. Okay. All right. So it's like not top shelf. Just, just it is it's what good. it is. It's good. Yeah, it's decent. All righty. Thank you. Well, I do certainly have a lot of books from my college days. And I definitely remember at least one of them going over this topic, but they're all 
back at the old uh, the old manor, and it's been a while since I've gone through them. I do remember some of the basics. For instance, how we were talking yesterday about how silver would burn the creatures. Okay, so I guess silver would kill someone who's a were animal. How do you cure someone who's been cursed? James, do I know that? That's a good question. Roll Arcana again. 14. As far as you know, people have not been cured of this. All right, so I'm going to tell that to Geech. Also, quick question. So I know that the last time we saw Eden, she was going over the sheet music that they found mm -hmm. before she went to sleep. Can I roll again to see if she discovered anything noteworthy while doing that? <laughs> Pun intended. Uh -oh. Nice. But a uh, no. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I should give you something for that pun, but no. <laughs> inspiration. Speaking of which, you all have inspiration from the last session. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's really crummy. People can't get cured when they've been cursed to be a were-animal. Jeez. I know. Uh, I guess we need not get bitten or scratched by anyone who's been cursed then. Is that how it's transmitted? Preferably. It does sound like a plan, yes. Okay. As you guys are discussing this and realizing that it's kind of dangerous, maybe, to even fight these things, a young boy with brown hair and freckles steps into the room wearing a brown Cossack. He is no older than 12. He looks around and sees Eden and steps over. Ah, uh, hello? Are, are you Eden? Yes, sir. Are you okay? What's going on? Oh, I'm, I've just been tasked with giving you this note. It's, it's, it's from Lady Avery. And he holds out a little note. Oh, great. Thank you very much. So I'll take the note and I shall read it. May Paylor's light shine on you. And then he hurries out of the room. Cute kid. That happen often to you? Every once in a while. You need an interesting oh, no. life. Eden, you can read the note out loud or just say it to yourself. Okay, I'll just read it out loud. Eden. I hit the books last night because I was worried about your bite. According to the temple, lycanthropy, am I going to pronounce, I'm going to butcher this. That was right. That was correct. Lycanthropy, okay. According to the temple, lycanthropy is a curse that when you are bitten, you'll turn into whatever animal represents your heaviest earthly sin on the next full moon. So just be you and you'll be fine. Also, thanks for the heads up. Because of you, I got to look pretty knowledgeable at this morning's briefing. I've been assigned to assist the Order of Bahamut, though. Not happy about that. With love, Avery. Heaviest earthly sin, huh? What does a rat represent? By the way, you recognize that the Order of Bahamut is the god of justice. I like Bahamut. Okay. He's a pretty cool guy. Avery has told you before that those guys are loonies. Okay, gotcha. So, anyone know what... Can we, can anyone, can we roll to see what sin a rat would represent? I would just ask, just out of curiosity, what the Order of Bahamut is, or Gray Fox would ask that. Oh, you all know what the Order of Bahamut oh, is. Oh, we do? Okay. This is a group of paladins who assist with justice. They are judges, they are knights that go out and apprehend criminals. Gray Fox has definitely dealt with them. Okay. I'm, I'm sitting over in the side of the booth with uh, a hand over the side of my face, thinking about, like, how would we continue to investigate? And then I ask... Eden, can people talk to animals? Is that is that a magic thing? I mean, I could speak languages, but I don't know of anyone who can talk to animals. Is that, is that possible? Oh, it's certainly possible. It's not really a skill that I have. Uh, I mean, well, if we can't cure this person, maybe could we find someone who can talk rat or talk to animals so that can at least give the guards a good testimony of what this guy was doing? I mean, because we all saw he didn't seem to be acting on his own. It, it would hurt him to hold that five. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a very good point. Also, uh, James, since Eden was bitten during yesterday's fight, does this mean that she should be freaking out about possibly being cursed? Eden can freak out if she wants to. Avery has said something nice and supportive about it. Be like, you don't have any earthly sins. You'll be fine. And maybe you, maybe internally, you know that you're sinful as hell. Who knows? Well, I don't think that there's anybody in this world who hasn't committed some sort of sin at some point. So, yeah, I, I would think that knowing this about the bite is going to have me pretty worried. You can also decide that the temple is not reliable because they are a religious organization where the place you've gone is as close as this world gets to science, which is arcane magic. Oh, Gray Fox gets a candle over his head. <laughs> A lantern. He, he has an idea. <laughs> Do tell. He, he says, well, listen, guys, my good friend who is an alchemist has just recently been arrested uh, without any real due process. But if there's anybody that I know that could probably figure out if your bite is a problem, it's him. You've got to try to save him. All right. Eden's going to perk up a little bit now. Do we know she's uh, been Gray yeah. Fox saw it happen, the rest of you... Okay, so he's... So he, well, he, also yes. the letter she just well, read. Yeah, the, the letter she just got. Oh, right, right, sorry, um, forgive me. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Well, that's a good question, though, if we had known before we heard that in the letter. I don't know if yeah. I... If, if Stan would Actually, yeah, that. I mean... Known that. So if Dan would know about the Order of Bahamut, and that they're, they're sort of involved with very zealous justice... Yep. So I think Sten's probably going to mutter half to himself, I wonder if this Order of Bahamut business is related to what we just saw at that checkpoint. And there, and that that Avery person is the same person that uh, arrested my good friend as well. Something's all this stuff seems to be connected. Definitely. Maybe we should find your friend it's somewhere to look. Oh gosh, yeah, I think that might be the best idea. Now that I've now that I'm hearing about this uh, alchemist situation, and I'm not sure if you would say your friend was an alchemist. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean that might help. He might have medicines or something. Is your friend really knowledgeable about that sort of stuff, Fox? Quite so. I mean, he's got a, his whole business is based off of it. Okay. I, I figure if anyone would know how to help with the authorities, you probably have a better chance than us, Eden. And are you sure he was uh, arrested for, for no good reason? Because normally, if Avery is involved in this, normally I trust Avery's judgment. Gotta be honest, I'm thinking the same thing. Either he has information or he's somehow behind this. Either way, he'd be someone to look into. Well, maybe it's, right. maybe it's the Bahamut group. I say regardless of whatever you want to think of him, he's the only person right now that I feel could even offer some sort of help to your situation. So it's in your best interest. Fair point. Where can we find him? Well, he's just been arrested, so I'm guessing he's going to be in the jail. We could go to the watch with with a report on what we found so far, and maybe while we're distracting them, you could poke around and see if you can talk to him. Great box. Yeah, or we just ask them. I mean, if we tell them it's well, important it. for our we investigation. Can do both at once. Yeah. That's not a bad that's idea. True. Should that's we just ask the guard then? That's a good idea. I like that. They'll believe that. That sounds like a plan. We're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna head to the guard, uh, tell them that we need to speak to him because we believe it might be relevant to our investigation if he's already been imprisoned or not. And, it, and if that doesn't work, then I'll sneak in and see if I can get a quick word with them. Okay. And that is where we'll stop for tonight. With that, our heroes head to the guard headquarters in pursuit of answers, but many questions still remain. Will Rag continue to approve of Sten's midnight callers? Did the goblin family think Gij murdered their father? Will Eden's parents stop stonewalling her? Will Fox rescue his landlord from the clutches of the Order of Bahamut? Find out next time on Sometimes Heroes.
With that, our heroes head to the God Headquarters in pursuit of answers. The many questions still remain. Will Rag continue to approve of Sten's Midnight Carlos? Did the Goblin family think Yeesh murdered their father? Will Eden's parents stop stonewalling her? Will Fox rescue his landlord from the clutches of the Order of Bahamut? Find out next time on Sometimes Heroes.